the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show and... May the 4th be with you. I just have to get that out of the way. I'm a nerd. It's part of things. And, you know, may the 4th be with you. It's a silly thing. I participated in a survey. There's a rumor going around. And the rumor is that Disney knows that they messed up Star Wars and they're thinking of actually rebooting the the last three movies. Like doing doing them again. Doing them differently. How would you do them? How would you do the next movie? There's new movies coming out. Yeah, and the the rumor is that they're going to change it. I said what you need to do is have Luke wake up all of a sudden at a Jedi training facility and episode 7, 8, and 9 were all a bad dream and just start over. Just that quick. Just get rid of it that quick. More importantly, everybody, Pastor Scott Show, it is the National Day of Prayer. Do you know that? Do you participate in that? Maybe your church does, or maybe you saw some advertisements for that National Day of Prayer. And I don't think we should let that go. I think we should take some time and talk about prayer today. And so I want to ask you this question. How has prayer changed your life? Have you seen the power of prayer in your life make an impact? And how do we pray for our country? We'll talk about those things. I'd love to hear your thoughts. The number is 888-528-2557. You can call now, 888-528-2557. How has prayer changed your life? Have you seen the power of prayer in your life make an impact? Or maybe the power of somebody else's prayer making an impact? My wife's prayers, you know, when she prays something very specifically, I get I get worried if it's against me somehow. <laughs> she's not praying Christy, she's listening. She's not praying against me. I'll give you I'll give you an example. I used to have this old car and it was kind of a it was the car was a was a you know, a beater we used to call it. Just a throwaway car. You couldn't even open the passenger door. Had a moonroof on it, the moonroof leaked. Um, but I got it for free and I drove it around. I was trying to pay off debt doing the, uh, the Dave Ramsey method I was a part of, you know, you just don't buy a car you can't afford. You get the cheapest hunk of junk that'll get you from point A to point B and you do it. It had no air conditioning. And because of the no air conditioning, I used to leave the windows down little cracks so that it just wouldn't get too blazing hot in there. Right. Well, sometimes when it would rain, I would forget about it and the windows would be, uh, it would get wet in there. And Christy was worried about this and always asking me to roll up the windows. Did you roll up the windows? No, I didn't roll up the windows. Then I'd go outside and roll them up. And finally, I just kind of stopped doing it. And I said, you know what? It probably would be a good thing if somebody stole the car, and I don't think it's really going to rain. And uh, one time she decided to pray. She goes, okay, I'm going to stop asking you about that. And instead, I'm going to pray that God sends a horrific rainstorm to uh, flood your car. <laughs> and you know, the interesting thing is, because of the way my wife's prayers are answered, I got right up and I rolled the windows up of that car and I always rolled them up. That's Christy just has the ability to pray in such a way specifically, when, and especially when I know 
when it's clear that, you know, as the husband, you know, sometimes you just do what you need to do in order to have a happy wife, happy life. You've probably heard that. And uh, so I always appreciate her prayers. Maybe you have a story, 888-528-2557. How has prayer impacted your life? Today is the National Day of Prayer, as I mentioned. And there's been a bunch of these. Did you know that this has been going on for quite a long time, at least since 1952? It's been an annual event since 1952. And since 1988, the National Day of Prayer has been the first Sunday, uh, first Thursday of May, first Thursday of May, uh, which is today. Over the course of our history as a country, there have been over 150 national calls to prayer and fasting and thanksgiving by the different presidents of the United States, all of them. And in fact, every president, most of them have done that. Every president since 1952 has signed a National Day of Prayer proclamation, including including President Biden, who signed another one today. And there have been... uh, In fact, 37 of the 46 presidents have signed proclamations for national prayer. And, uh, you know, three of the ones who didn't do it are people who uh, didn't complete their terms, right? So they might have done it eventually. If you're William Harry, you know, uh, what was his name? William Harry Harrison, Henry, William Henry Harrison, who died 30 days into his term. Well, he didn't get around to it. But uh, that's a pretty interesting thing. There have been over 1,500 state and federal calls for national prayer since 1775. That's a big part of our country. So what do you think that we need to pray for? And do you believe in the power of prayer? When we look at our country today and we start looking at the headlines, there's, this is a, maybe the hardest time, at least the hardest time in recent memory, particularly, I think, because of division. We have so much division going on in so many ways. We have to pray about that. I think a lot of it is spiritual. There's always division between parties and liberal and conservative or left and right or whatever the the nomenclature is of the day to determine where people are coming from politically. That's always there, but I think that we have such a division today that there is trouble, Then we know that there is trouble. And I do think it's spiritual. A divided a house divided against itself cannot stand. Lincoln said that, but he got it from Jesus Christ. And it's absolutely true. And we are a divided house. Uh, I don't think we're as divided as a people as sometimes gets portrayed. I do think that the media is driving it. I think that maybe some far right and far left people drive it. And those groups are so far to one side or the other that there's a whole lot of different middle. I don't even know what moderate means anymore. I don't know. You know, I think that liberal and conservative middle of the road, moderate, I don't even know what they mean anymore because I think they mean so many different things to different people. We have to get on the same page as a vision for a country. And I think prayer is where it starts. The Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. And yes, that means even the ones we don't vote for. And we've got to pray for them. We've got to pray for President Biden We have Russia is accusing us of a drone attack that was supposedly there to attack um, President Putin. And first they blame the Ukrainians for a drone attack, which I thought, uh oh, now this is probably either it didn't happen at all. Most people are saying or it's a false flag. It's something where the Russians did it themselves so that they could come out and say, hey, the Ukrainians tried to assassinate President Putin. And I think they tried that. This is my theory. My theory is they tried that. It didn't really work because people said, well, where did they get the drones? The Ukrainians probably aren't uh, sending a bunch of drones out there to Moscow to do anything. 
And then they said, well, there's only a couple of countries that could do it. I guess it must be the United States. So serious that uh, John Kirby today, national security advisor, had to say something about it. So on the first question, uh, we still don't really know what happened. Um, so we're, we're not making an assessment right now. I did see comments from uh, Dmitry Peskov this morning, uh, Putin's uh, flack and claiming that we had something to do with it. Washington, I can assure you that there was no involvement by the United States in this, whatever it was. We had to deny it. He's actually the National Security Council coordinator for strategic communications. Um, that's what his actual role is. Uh, that is a very interesting thing that that has to be denied. We're a country that is having more and more violence. We saw another shooting in Atlanta yesterday. What we do know, uh, we know that shortly before noon, uh, the subject entered into 1110 uh, uh, Peach, West Peachtree Street and went to a medical center uh, inside the building. Uh, it was shortly thereafter uh, that the, he shot uh, our first victim, and then the first 911 call came uh, after that. And this is a shooting that uh, we heard about that for a while made national news, but there were many others and many more acts of violence. We're seeing them in our own town, stabbings and some terrible things. See, we have, we have things that we need to pray about. And we live in a time where there seems to be this argument that says uh, thoughts and prayers aren't enough. And I agree there are actions that need to be taken. But you start with prayer, and there are certain actions that can't be taken. How are you and I personally going to change the mind or strengthen our president or leaders unless you know him personally? Unless President Biden listens to uh, the uh, Pastor Scott show, which, of course, he should be. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. That's right. See, maybe he does. And so when we pray for him today, maybe he'll hear it. I think that we get into a place where maybe we don't even realize we should pray for these things. We have to pray for the situation at the border, which nobody seems to want to deal with, and it's about to get much, much worse, the experts are saying, if you can trust any of the experts these days, but people are saying after Title 42, the coronavirus rules uh, related to the border expire next week. This is Claudia Rodriguez. She's a business owner in El Paso. I have lived here for over 38 years, and I've never seen anything like this in El Paso. This is unsustainable. It's not normal. Please help us, and enough with the politics of it. Unsustainable, not normal, not sus- and uh, enough of the politics, she says. No idea if she's left or right. She was on MSNBC. The fact that MSNBC is even down there covering it says this is a big, big deal. My friends, we got to pray, and we need to pray in a way that is scriptural, in a way that recognizes something, in a way that recognizes that prayer actually is powerful. Do you believe that? Or is prayer just a religious thing that's made for you to feel better, like it's some kind of meditation or you know spiritual practice that calms your own soul or gives you something you know in spiritual to think about? And we don't even know what spiritual means sometimes. Or do you think that actually, when God's church prays, it makes a difference? What's your experience with prayer? Have you experienced the power of prayer? What would you like to share on that? Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. That number again is 888-528-2557. The scriptures give us a basis of prayer, which I think it helps us, right? I think that if we understand something about prayer from just what the scriptures say, there's something that helps us. What's the basis of prayer? Meaning, when you pray, 
how do you relate to God while you're praying? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, do you approach God in a way that you would if you were approaching a king or a president? Um, in this case, you're approaching the creator of the universe, the king of kings. How do you approach him in prayer? Do you approach him that way? Have you ever met a president or met somebody important? You probably dress up for that experience if you know it's going to happen. If you are going to the coronation of King Charles, which is this weekend, you are going to dress up if anybody's paying attention to that. I think they are. I heard an advertisement. It's going to be on at 5 in the morning our time, I think. Are you going to get up at 5 in the morning to watch them put the hat on the guy? I don't – that's – it's an interesting thing that Americans are going to do this when you think about it historically. And the funny thing about that ad too is is – and if you're just sort of not tracking, you know, Prince Charles is no longer Prince Charles. He's King Charles because uh, Queen Elizabeth, his mom, died. But he only sort of – however it works in the Constitution over there, he becomes king after a coronation where they ceremoniously elevate him to the title of king, to regent, and they put the, the hat on him, and they bring out the jewels, and it's really a crown. I just think it, you know. And I think people are going to watch this. And, you know, if you go to it, you're, you're going to dress up. And if you were to meet the king in this environment, I'll bet that you kneel. I'll bet that you would do whatever the protocols say. In fact, if you meet a president... You know, you might just meet the president one day and he's shaking hands. You didn't even expect it. Sometimes that happens. But if you're going to go to the White House for a meeting with the president or somewhere else with a meeting with the president, I've had that opportunity before. You know what you do? You put on a suit and you put on something that is, in your mind, worthy of meeting this person. And there is, you know, I, once in a while, there's somebody who will speak to the president in a way that you're allowed to in this country, you know, angry or or rude or obnoxious. And we're allowed to do that in this country. But most people, even people who do not like whatever president they're about to meet, are respectful. And there is a certain protocol, a a certain feel about it. Is this how you pray to God? Is this how you approach the Lord, like he's on a throne with a big crown on and some jewels and some other things? How do you approach God? What is your experience of the power of prayer? 888 528-2557, 528 Nora in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, welcome. Good afternoon. Hi, Nora. Um, that is a very good question, um, Pastor Scott, about how do we pray and how do we approach our Lord. Um, I approach him almost, I don't, sometimes I don't even know how because, because, because he's a holy God and, and everything about him is holy and, and we are, we aren't. So it, 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 I get a little uh, stumble sometimes on my words or how to approach them as to maybe not offend or be too casual. Mm. I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, I mean, uh, I come to him with um, all honesty and openness, but I do feel sometimes that I'm still not worthy, maybe in a way, um, how, how to approach him and such a holiness, and, you know, I fall so short of that, and yeah. I, I know I'm forgiven yeah. and all that, but it still does kind of um, trouble me, I guess, from time to time, but I don't, it doesn't stop me from praying, and uh, I always I always let him know that um, I love him, appreciate him, I'm so thankful that he would even um, consider even listening 
to a worm like me, you know? Well, you know what? He, you're, he's listening to a child of his. And that's, that's one thing to remember. And, you know, you are saved because Jesus paid for the things that you might think make you a worm, and they did, but that has been redeemed. And that's something that Jesus does. And he sits, Hebrews tells us that he sits on the throne of grace. And I think that's hard for us to hear sometimes because we, we feel like we don't deserve grace, but that's the point of grace. You don't deserve it. But, right. But you have I it. I understand. Yeah, you've got it. So think of yourself as a, as a child going to a good father that's sitting on a throne of grace. I will. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Nara, thanks for calling Pastor Scott Show. And we'll keep talking about this. I think some people have some uh, some idea. How has prayer affected your life, and how do you approach God in prayer? What is the basis for how you approach God? 888-528-2557. Donna in Orange, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hello, Pastor Scott. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today, Donna? Very good. Very good, thank you. Uh, a number of years ago, um, during a low time in my life, I was living in a motel and I heard of a prayer meeting that was being held not far from where I was staying. And at that time, I had a very painful left hand. I had arthritis. And um, I went to the meeting. It was uh, during Passover. And um, I, I stayed for the, the meeting. And at the end, they lifted a prayer to God. And uh, when they were doing that, I felt like a... a um, a sensation in my left hand, like I was, as if I was wearing a glove, mm-hmm. and it was warm and it felt good, and I just gave thanks to God, and the pain didn't go away immediately. But a couple of days later, it used to hurt for me to drive to turn the wheel. Yeah, and a couple of days later, as I was driving, I noticed no pain. The pain had completely gone away, and. Uh, it's never come back. Well, that's it's great. Never come back. Do you think that, and that you know, having it, your this uh, experience helps your prayer life overall? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I am forever grateful. He's done many things for me, and it's not like I'm better than anybody else. He's just gracious and good and loving, and. Um, He's been just that in my life. All right. Well, thank you, Donna. I'm glad that happened, and thanks for sharing your story today with us on the Pastor Scott Show. This is the Pastor Scott Show. How have you experienced the power of prayer in your life? And uh, it is the National Day of Prayer, so we're going to talk about that, and also how to pray for our country. And I want you to kind of think about those two things. When you think about praying for your country, it's, it's both praying for the leaders and the direction of our country. I think that matters. But it's also praying for each other. It's praying for our neighbors. You know, our country is is not what's going on in Washington. It's all of us together, and Washington's part of it, or Sacramento, or wherever you live in some other state you might be listening. How do we pray in an effective way? And at the heart of all of this is this question. What's the basis for our prayer? Like when you pray and you go to God in prayer, whether you're by yourself or with a group, what is the basis? How do you approach God? We're talking about approaching God like a king or a president, and you get dressed up, and you're, you have a protocol uh, for it. There is people that you meet sometimes, and the, you, know, you will get an instruction. 
if you go meet the King of England, there will be an instruction on what to do, where to stand, how to hold your head. There's so many different things to that. There's a lot less of that for presidents, um, but there's still, you have to stand behind the line. You have to st- you listen to uh, the security agents. And there are just things, obviously, you, you can't or shouldn't do. Those things matter. I think sometimes people treat uh, each other in different parts of, of business. Maybe if somebody is a, a celebrity, you know, how do you treat a celebrity? Do you, do you treat a celebrity in such a way that you forget about their humanity? Meaning that it's kind of, for some people, it's kind of exciting to meet somebody who is famous or somebody that they've seen in the movies or on TV or somebody that they maybe relate to a certain way, but they don't really know. Like there's a celebrity factor. Maybe it's a sports star or something. How do you relate to those people? Is that the same way do you, that you relate to God? Some people, I think, relate to God like celebrity, and you're a little bit reserved, or maybe you're a little bit excited, but not really you. You know what I'm saying? Like if, you, if you're approaching, and the thing is about celebrities, you got to look past that, sports stars or movie stars, whoever it is, because they're people. They're human beings, flesh and blood like you, who fall short of the glory of God, who need a Savior. And whatever it is that their life is all about, the, the publicity and the celebrity factor has its ups and downs, and a lot of it is downs. That's why you don't really want, you know, it's interesting to me that people kind of want that lifestyle often, and they, they really hope to have it. But where do you often find some of the worst relationships and the worst marriages and the most difficulties? It's very often the same place. Do you pray for the celebrities or the sports stars that you look at and watch? Do you pray for their life, their family, for their testimony, for the way they choose roles, the way that they conduct themselves on and off the field? I think that's an important way to pray for these people. And I think it it humanizes everyone when we do this. And it also keeps something in the forefront of our mind that life is much bigger than whatever our experiences are or our jobs. When you're thinking about prayer, What are some things that you can pray for, for people? How do we pray? What's the basis of your prayers? I'm going to give you an answer for that when we come back. You can give me a call and join the conversation now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Thursday edition. We'll be back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. National Day of Prayer. I realize it's National Star Wars Day, but the, you know, the National Day of Prayer is for real. (laughs) And Star Wars, it just isn't. Uh, 888-528-2557. I've been asking a couple of questions about prayer. When did you learn the power of prayer? Is there a story that you have where you begin to understand that prayer is something that works, that prayer, actually, I hate the phrase that prayer works because it sounds like we're using prayer, you know, because it's all about me. This works for me. That's something that sometimes we do as in fact, a lot of people, maybe you're listening and you've sort of lost your faith. You don't pray. And part of it is because it hasn't worked for you. <laughs> One of my best friend pastors was talking, they were just having terrible struggles at their church and they had this long period of prayer and fasting. And he said, and they did all this and then nothing happened. So we stopped doing that. It doesn't work. And he was kidding, but it was funny the way he said it. But But it's something that I think sometimes we feel this way. And I think part of it is we misunderstand that prayer is, well, it's for us. It's not really just for us. 
there is a basis for prayer. There is a reason to pray, and there's a person to go pray to. And having an insight into what that's about, it matters. Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. And when we get serious about it, you know, it's interesting is that studies say, even in our more and more secular society today, that most people pray. In fact, an astonishing number of people actually pray. Almost everybody admits that they say a prayer. I've even heard people who say, I'm an atheist, but I find myself in prayer whenever I get in trouble. Or one person I was heard saying, whenever I'm on a scary roller coaster, I say a prayer. And I'm an atheist, I heard this person say. And that was, you know, an interesting thing. There was a study done by the San Diego Atheist Association, whatever they're called, and 12% of them said that they believe in God, which was, and that they pray sometimes, which is, it outraged the leader of the atheist group who said there's really only one qualification for actually being an atheist, and it's to not believe in God. And 12% of our members seem to believe in God. When we're serious about prayer and we see Jesus address all address this in Matthew 6 he says and when you pray do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and then on the street corners to be seen by others uh, truly i tell you they have received their reward in full but when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and when you pray do not keep on babbling like the pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words do not be like them your father knows what you need before you ask him. It's interesting that he's addressing pagans and he's addressing hypocrites. See, everybody's praying. There's there's a whole lot of people praying for all kinds of different reasons. And I think it's because we have a need for prayer. There's lots of modern ideas, you know, about it, mental focus, and people do different things with uh, their yoga and meditation and other things that they do. And and there's a whole lot of words and a whole lot of methods. I went on Amazon and looked up prayer, and there's 60,000 plus books on how to pray. We seem to be struggling with this quite a bit. But here's some things that are a part of real prayer, and I think it it is really, really incredible to when you grasp this, all right, Jesus is saying something about prayer, that God is real, that God is personal, you can pray, and he's giving us a clue to how to pray. And he first talks about hypocrites, and the, the hypocrites want to be known for their prayers, right? They, they're concerned about being eloquent. We talked before about the basis of prayer, and if God is a king or the, this kind of leader that you're, you're concerned about how you speak to somebody of that kind of authority, you know, God wants to hear what's on your heart. You, he already knows what's on your heart. He's not concerned about being eloquent. But sometimes the hypocrites are very concerned about being eloquent in a way that says, I'm closer to God or I have better access to God than you do because I'm eloquent, which is not true, not biblical. You ever get intimidated by somebody who's just a great prayer? I mean, I know some people, and it's like whenever they pray out loud in a small group or at church or something, it's like it's the Psalms. It just just pours out of them, and it's poetic. I don't know how they do that. But the truth is, is that the person who comes up and stutters their way through it, God is not receiving one prayer and not the other based upon the eloquence, right? And you got to be careful because sometimes people want to be seen a certain way with their prayers, right? Or they, they want to be known as a prayer warrior. It's good that you're a prayer warrior if you are, but you can idolize the title, right? You can be, oh, what's your role? I'm a prayer warrior, 
Well, what do you do at your church? Nothing. I just pray. I'm a prayer warrior. Would you like to, can you help me stack the chairs? Nope. I'm a prayer warrior. Can you uh, go with us to uh, help the homeless today? Nope. I'm a prayer warrior. You want to go on the mission trip? Nope. I'm a prayer warrior. Do you give anything in the offering? Nope. I'm a, see, it can become something that's not meant to be. We all should be prayer warriors in that way. He calls them hypocrites because ultimately they're about themselves and their own notoriety. Instead, he says, go pray in private. And that's a great question, I think, for a lot of us. How's your private prayer life? And if your answer is not very good, then there's something you should know. Jesus already knows that. And that's why he teaches us to pray. He knew that about the people he was talking about. You know, and he talks about the pagans praying. It's about everybody prays, especially when they're in trouble. And it happens. Here's the basis of prayer. Ready? This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's the National Day of Prayer, so we're talking about prayer. And I'm asking, what's the basis of prayer, and how, how have you learned to pray? When did you realize the power of prayer in your life? Where was the point where maybe in your life prayer became not just a religious ritual, but something that was meaningful to you, that you realized, I really need to do this? The basis of prayer is how Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer. This then is how you should pray, Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, you can go up to almost any public microphone somewhere and just say, let's pray, our Father who art in heaven, and a bunch of people in the crowd, wherever you are in the United States, they'll, they'll know the Lord's Prayer because so many people grew up reciting it in prayer, in, in church, you know, Catholics, Protestants, there's a whole lot of traditions that recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I think, reciting Scripture. It's just that when we do it so often, we forget what it means, or it just becomes religion and something that's wrote, and we don't even think about it. You're saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, but you're thinking about lunch. One of the things in the Lord's Prayer, and it's right there, when Jesus teaches us to pray, the basis of prayer is that you're praying to your Father. And that's huge because we often want to pray to the king on the throne and the throne of power or the throne of judgment and we're praying to a father who sits on the throne of grace. Have you thought of it that way? When you think about your prayer, that the relationship that you have, it's not dear King Jesus. It's not dear creator of the universe. He is the creator and he is the king. Don't misunderstand. That is who he is. But as I said to one caller in the last section, you are a child of a father who's sitting on that throne. And this is the way we pray. We go to our Father in prayer, and that's the basis. God is our Father. It's so important. And what I mean by basis is, you know, when we speak to somebody, we have some kind of basis for their relationship, as I was saying, with you when you speak to a president or if you speak to somebody else, you know. But even when you just speak to, to anybody, if I go to the mall and I stop and ask somebody, I'm sorry, can you help me? I'm looking for the Apple store. If I ask a stranger, hey, I'm looking for the Apple store, can you help me? This is what they're going to do at the mall. They're either going to direct me to the Apple store because they know where it is, or they're going to direct me to a directory where I can figure out for myself where the Apple store is, or they're going to say, I don't know. But the thing is, is they'll try to help at some level, right? And they don't misunderstand what you're asking. It makes sense that you might ask a stranger where this store is. And the reason is, is because there's a basis for you have for asking directions of that person because you're both shoppers in the mall. That's the basis. Does that make sense? 
Uh, and it's a human thing to be lost or confused, and we all know what that's like. And it can some of the malls that we have today that sort of crisscross, and half the stores are out of business these days. You know, you don't even know if it's still there. You know, we we can help somebody on that basis. We get it. But if I'm at the mall and I go up to a stranger and say, uh, "Excuse me, I'm having trouble with some overgrown weeds in my yard. Would you come over to my house and help me do something about it?" That would be bizarre, right? There's because there's no basis for that kind of question in the mall of a stranger. You know, if I ask somebody at Home Depot, maybe if they're standing outside and they want to make some extra money, that would make some sense, but not if I'm just shopping somewhere, right? If I ask somebody what time it is, no problem. But if I ask them to come over and fix my bathtub, that's crazy. See, basis matters, and that really matters. So when you're praying to God and you say, our creator, uh, he is your creator, but that's not the basis of your prayers. How do you have a conversation with the creator of the universe anyway? And it doesn't say, dear king, he is our king. That's not the basis. He's our father. And if you learn anything today at all, and you think about this in the National Day of Prayer, it's you approach God like a child would go to a good father. And it's different. Like a good father, he already knows your needs. You know, most of the time when my kids want to talk to me about something, I can, most of the time I already know what it is. And once they tell me what it is, you know, I can work it out pretty quickly. When you have a good father, and maybe you didn't have a good father in this life, and I understand that, but I think you have a picture of what a good father would have been like. That is your Lord. He already knows your needs, and you already have a basis of trust that already exists because he's dad, and he loves you deeply. He cares about you. He's concerned about you. And you know what? It's a great experience to be with somebody who knows you that well. It's a great experience to be with somebody who you can share anything with. That's your father who is in heaven. He's heavenly and he's perfect. And then you praise him. Hallowed be your name. It's personal, his name. He's not the force, as much as you might think so on a day like May the 4th. Uh, God's not the force. He's not impersonal. He's personal. He knows your name. You know his. He's your dad. And he knows more than you know. And he's the one who gives you hope and salvation. Whenever you go to pray, would you think about that? That the basis of your prayer is family, that he is your father. That's one of the greatest things, I think, that helps us come to a point where we can start to see the power of prayer, that it is a relational thing, that it is something that we don't have to go to father to, you know, you you might have, you have fear of your dad. If your dad is a good dad, you know, there's some fear in in a real sense, and you should have that going to the Lord, but it shouldn't hinder you from knowing that what you're going to get is love, even if you get discipline. Right, it's uh, it's scary to go to dad and have to confess something. I remember my dad's a pastor, and I broke a window at the church one time, and uh, I remember having to tell him about it, and uh, I was terrified about telling him about it because I knew I was going to get in huge trouble because I I broke the window because in Sunday school we made these David and Goliath uh, slingshots. And so I went out in the back with my friend, and we put rocks in our slingshots that we made in Sunday school class and spun them around. <laughs> and the and the rock flew out backwards and it busted the window of church. I didn't get around to telling him for a while, and I finally got around to telling him. And my dad said, you know what, I already know about that because I heard about it from uh, one of the other Sunday school teachers. And really, I was kind of in more trouble for not telling him sooner. He was just waiting for me to come around to it. But I have to tell you, it was a relief to know that he already knew. And then I felt silly because I didn't tell him sooner. I think that's how it goes often with, with God, our Father. He already knows what you need to bring to him. Bring it to him. And say, God, I, I need this. 
and you may not get what you want because he's a good father. He's not going to give you everything you want, but you are going to get what is good and what is right. And there's a little more to it. We're going to get to that when we come back here in a minute. What's the basis of prayer? When have you learned in your life? What have you learned where you understood the power of prayer? It's the National Day of Prayer. We're talking about that today in the Patrick Scott Show this hour. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. National Day of Prayer. And we want to take some time to talk about prayer. What have you learned about prayer? What's the basis of prayer? When did you learn the power of prayer in your life. And we'll take a few moments here to pray for our country. And uh, obviously we need it. And God has commanded us to do it and to pray for our leaders. And I want to encourage you to do that on your own today. Uh, it does matter. And that is a big part of what this discussion is, because I'm, I'm afraid we've lost hope, lost hope for not just our country, but for prayer in general. I mean, do you believe that, that praying for our country is something that actually would heal it? It's not just the prayer. You got to see what prayer does is you pray and then things begin to change. And one of the first things that happens is you repent. I think that's one of the reasons that we struggle to pray because when we pray really to the Lord, one of the things that happens is we start hearing from God and and often what he's telling us is, hey, you got to repent from this. This is a part of your life that's not honoring to me and I can't really use you in life because I need to pray. 888, or because I need you to repent is what he's saying to you. 888-528-2557. Ron, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Jump, Ron, you got to turn your radio down there, bud. How you doing, Ron? You with me? I will do. Hi. Yep. Hi. Go ahead, Ron. I just wanted to say that the best way to pray is in a very reverent way. And what do you mean by that? When you think of uh, the basis of prayer that we're talking about, what does reverent prayer mean to you? Well, he's the creator of all heaven and earth, universe, everything. He's so wonderful and so powerful and awesome. And yeah, I just I respect with all my heart everything about God, and I really love Him. And I feel that well, He does. I mean, prayer works. I've had nothing but. I mean, it might not be exactly as you want it, but it's better than what you wanted. Um, I've had things answered to me. Like one time when I was praying, I was like just really wanting to, you know, I read this brochure about be sure that you're saved because, you know, there's a lot of people that think they are and they're not really. And I don't want to say a whole thing about it because I know you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I, I don't want Jesus to say to me, you know, uh, depart from me. I know you're not. Mm-hmm. You know? And so. Oh. Yeah, it's all right, Ron. You know, Ron, one of the things I would encourage you with is that you're right. He's the creator and he is all powerful. But the way that we're called to address the Lord still in reverence but is as our father. You know, he is the creator yeah, father, and he is the king. Yes. But you know, there's, yes, there's, you're... A, there's a difference in our approach to a good father than there would be to a king or a creator, even if our father well, happens my... to, you know what I mean? 
Yes, my prayers start, dear Heavenly Father, yeah. in Jesus Christ's name, and also Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. I pray to all three, the, my Godhead, my triune yeah. Godhead. Um, if I say God, I mean God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Sure, but, but Jesus Jesus tells us to pray to our Father, and there's something, that's yeah. what I'm really hitting at here, and you're right, he's all three. But but the relationship that we have with our, our Father is relevant, I think, to taking anything we have to him and being able to have that and being able to listen to him when he tells, gives us correction, when he leads us to do something. I'm going to, Ron, I appreciate your call. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I'm going to go on to the next call here. Anna in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello? Hi, Anna, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know I was on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, the prayer. Of, you know what, one day I... Um, I felt like, you know, I would be praying a lot trying to get some, you know, from, something from the Lord. And what had happened is all of a sudden it kind of came to me, you know what, I need to just confess and ask God to forgive all my sins. Of course, you know, not big things, but, you know, you never know. You might, you might be mad at somebody because it's yep. in the Bible. If you're mad at somebody, you can't, God won't hear your prayers. So that's what I did. And I thought of everything, little, little things. And then uh, I fasted. And you know what? It's like, wow, the next day, somebody called to help me. <laughs> I was so shocked. You know, the next day. Huh. The next day. Yeah. I was so happy. Well, you know, you we're, know called, so- we're called to, uh, when Jesus taught us to pray, part of it is yeah. asking forgiveness as we forgive those uh, mm-hmm. too, right? So that's part of it is confession mm-hmm. and uh, it matters. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I confess, you know, ask forgiveness for, you know, having... You know, I, I, I wanted to be forgiven, and then I asked that I forgive them, too, other people. Yeah. Okay, that's what I want. All right, Anna. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Appreciate it. Have a good okay. a good day. Hey, we just have a couple of minutes, 888-528-2557. Can I encourage you a couple of ways? National Day of Prayer, so it's a time where we is set aside. And I realize there's a, there's a political angle to this, and there's dinners, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, and the president puts out a proclamation, which he did, President Biden put out a proclamation. Part of it today says on this National Day of Prayer, we recognize the profound power of prayer grounded in deep humility and hope. And uh, some of these proclamations are uh, better than others. Every president uh, puts one out, okay? Almost every president, uh, now every year since 1952 or something like that. And then before that, most presidents did it. And, uh, you know, some of them are a little more uh, spiritual, I would say, than others. Uh, sometimes they're a little bit political. This one is, uh, if you want to go read it, just you can just Google uh, the proclamation on the National Day of Prayer 2023, and it's uh, better. It's better than than uh, some of them that I've read. Uh, we will never fully know how prayer has quietly influenced every aspect of American life, uh, bringing comfort to service members on the battlefield, grounding the spirits of astronauts in space, guiding the healing hands of medical professionals, tending to our loved ones, and uh, fortifying the faith of millions of worshipers in every corner of our nation. There's hardly an aspect of American life that is not touched by the silent supplications of prayer to fulfill our hopes and aspirations. Uh, not too bad. Some of our our prayers are, are out loud, but Jesus <laughs> Jesus tells us to pray you know, to him privately. And there is a time for us to pray together as believers. The church certainly does both. I want to encourage you to make sure in your prayers that you're praying not just for yourself and your own needs. You've got a lot of those. You bring them to your Father in prayer. That's what you should do. 
but your prayer life will will get incredible when you start praying for two different things. Number one, when you start praying for the salvation of others, the people that God has placed in your life. How often do you do that? And if you really want to challenge, you know, if your church has a prayer list, if your church has, you know, you put out different prayer things, how much of it is praying for the sick and praying for us, which is fine, and you need to do that, but how much of it is praying for the salvation of those that God has placed in our world who don't yet believe? I want to encourage you, make a list of people in your life, your coworkers or classmates, people that you interact with on a regular basis, and pray for them. Ask yourself, are they saved? And if you don't know, or or you know that they would say that they are not, pray for their salvation and pray diligently for this in your own personal prayers. In fact, you will find this to be the greater part of your prayers, whether it is your personal prayers or even the prayers of you at your church prayer meeting, praying for the salvation of people, because that's what we're, we're here for. In fact, our personal prayers, when we pray for our health, or we pray for success in various matters, or we pray for God's help with our anxiety or other stuff, the reason for God to help us with that is not so that we would just feel better. The reason for that is that we can be used more effectively for God with the people that he's placed in our life. See, our Father has a mission that he has given us. It's the family mission, and the family mission is to make disciples. That's the mission. And when we pray for ourselves, which we should, a part of that is we pray, Lord, for our health so that we can be more effective in the mission. And, you know, if God doesn't heal you, well, maybe it's because you're going to end up in the hospital next to somebody else who you're going to get to know and share the gospel with. See, that's, that's what God is doing. I want you to pray for that. And then when you pray for our country, do what the Word says and just pray for our leaders, whether you voted for them or not. And you can pray, hey, you know, I, I pray that they change their mind on this subject. Uh, I pray, but you need to pray that our leaders are the best presidents, the best governors, the best Congress people or legislators, legislators that we ever had. Now, you can pray that they don't win re-election and that they get replaced by even better presidents and legislators. That's fine. But you got to pray for them. There's too many big things going on. I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll close out this hour. God, uh, on this National Day of Prayer, together we pray, and we pray for our country today. We pray for President Biden. We pray, Lord, that you would give him wisdom in his leadership, that he would not rely on political agendas as politicians do, but instead on the wisdom that comes from you. We pray that you would put people around him with that wisdom. The same for our governor and for the mayors of our towns and the legislators at all levels of government. We pray for their wisdom and that they would do a good job. We pray for their conversions if they don't know you. We pray that they would humbly seek you. We pray for our country. We pray for our listeners. And we pray for those people that you've put in our life who don't know you, that you would use us to bring them to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.